0: you are listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities, in the pursuit of love, peace,
1: and happiness,
0: with your host, Rafika and Brother James.
1: one oh seven and tonight tonight we have our financial guru uh uh excuse me Harun Naked who's gonna to speak to us about ten things you should know before you outsource. I'm Brother James and on the line hot on the line is Rafika. Rafika are you there? All right didn't hear you check in so I'm glad that you checked in we are going to have another hot show, as we always do. Um, oh, you were in quiet mode. I don't know if your mic is actually being heard, but um, I'm going to say to you that um, I am so looking forward to this Outsourcing Tips simply because it's uh, absolutely a need in today's enviro- business environment. So you can't do it all, so sometimes you got to, um, send it to somebody who may be an expert in it. But we're going to hear from uh, uh, Haru about the uh, the pluses and the minuses, the 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 good and the bad uh, about utilizing outsourcing as a technique or a strategy in business. So, Rafika, you want to go to the healthy tip of the day? Absolutely. To the healthy tip of the day. All righty. The keys, 107 presents The healthy tip of the day.
2: The healthy tip of the day is to add variety to all that you do. While consistency is important, doing the same exercise, eating the same foods, doing the same meditation and even doing the same work every single day, can cause boredom and stagnation in your energy flow. Choose one small thing in your life that you haven't changed in a very long time and boldly change it. Introducing variety in our lives through bold change increases creativity, allows for flexibility, and adds back the wonderful element of surprise. Today's healthy tip has been brought to you by Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. To learn more about my services, visit OrganicSoulChef.com.
1: Now, 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 back to the Keys, 107 with your host, Rafika and Brother Dave. Well, we are back. We are back here at the Keys 107, and, uh we're looking forward to call just drop here, fika help me out here, okay, I see we're having a little trouble with our lines today, but um, we are here at the keys one o seven and uh, looking very much forward to hearing from the Nik- Haroon Niket. And I'm going to put Haru right on the line, and we're going to get right into it. Hold one second, please. Haru, your mic is live. How are you doing this evening?
3: I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be here.
1: How are you? Yes, sir. Same, same here. Same, very much the same. We we had a couple of headphones check out on us in, in the midst of bringing you on board. But I'm hoping that um, Rafika is back live with us so that she can talk with us and and spend some time this evening learning more about outsourcing. So uh, are you back on the line, Rafika? She's still trying. But as she is trying to get the headsets together, let us begin to talk about what really is outsourcing.
2: Microphone check.
1: Oh, you're live. One, two, one, two. (laughs)
2: Haru, you know how we roll with technology You know, sometimes you just have to go with the flow It's it's just the way it is But before we get started, you know I I wanted to just share some experiences that James and I had with outsourcing And I think I'll interject that as we move to that particular topic But outsourcing can be good But just to clarify, uh, I know one person inboxed me and said So what's outsourcing?
3: And I said, "Wow, <laughs> you know, we're going to talk and, about
2: that on the show."
3: Yeah, it's interesting because you know a lot of people ask me, you know, what's the topic this month, and I said outsourcing, and I got the same question. You know, and I was really surprised, you know, how how few people really understand what outsourcing is. And I think there's this huge misconception about what it is because we we hear that term on the news, and it's always negative. You know, we we hear, you know, outsourcing is about big corporations shipping American jobs to foreign countries. And so, you know, we always have this idea, oh, outsourcing is bad because it's bad for Americans. Um, but the reality is outsourcing simply means hiring someone outside of your business uh, to perform certain job functions instead of handling them in-house. You know, it's, it's really that simple. You know, it's,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, you don't have every uh, skill set necessarily in your business, and so instead of hiring somebody permanently, you hire somebody outside of your business uh, to perform a function.
1: I'm sorry. I thought, Rafika, you was running with the show there. But, um, yes, (laughs) it is very true that we don't have everything that we need within our company. And I just say this, that um, if you're not capable of doing your own payroll, why not outsource that? You know, if you're not capable of doing your own graphics, why not outsource that? But it makes plenty of sense. And now you have to make sure the sense add up. This is all about profitability, you yeah, know. Let, let's talk
3: about the let's let's talk about the different advantages. You know, one mm-hmm. one advantage you just mentioned, and really that's access to talent and skills that you don't have. Yes, um, and you know, and it and the way that the economy is moving so fast, it really doesn't make sense to try to learn every skill set.
4: Mm-hmm. And so,
3: you know, even if you, uh, like you mentioned payroll, you know. That's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to learn. And so why bother if you can, um, at a reasonable price, pass that along to someone else so you can focus on your particular talent or focus on the talents of the people you do have in-house? So access to talent and skills is probably the number one reason um, that people outsource. You know, the, the next reason is it saves time. And it saves yeah, money. So, you know, time and money kind of go hand in hand. So when we look at, at saving time, and sometimes it doesn't necessarily save you money, but the time, it might be more important for you. So if I have a particular skill and I outsource another skill, that means I have two things happen simultaneously. Instead of, mm-hmm. you know, um, all my resources going to one thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. You know, if I can have multiple things happening simultaneously, then I can get my product or service to the consumer faster, which in you know, in turn, you know, can mean more money. Um, It can also be saving money because I can provide, I can find a service provider that's in a marketplace where the the pay is less. So, you know, sometimes you'll look outside of the country. Sometimes you look to other parts of the country. um, Sometimes you look to uh, just other neighborhoods in, in your own city where you can find, you know, equal talent or even better talent at a lower cost. You know, one one thing we have to understand as as business people is that the cost of labor is usually the largest expense that you'll have. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when you can cut that labor cost, it significantly increases your profits. And you know that's one of the reasons you know there's that that big battle you see big corporations you know going overseas. But you know, just like I said, going outside of of uh, you know your own staff and going to another City, another state, another part of the country, or another country, uh, can save you a tremendous amount of money. Um, another um, aspect of, of, or an advantage of outsourcing, is that you have the ability to offer your customers more than you could normally provide. You know, sometimes we don't look at that. You know, so for instance, I do financial services. If I decided that, you know, now I want to add credit repair, and I want to add tax preparation, and I want to add, you know, I don't offer those things right now, and I don't have the time to take that on myself or necessarily the licensing to take that on myself. So I could take on those type of uh, services and then outsource it to somebody to do the work for me, which, you know, would keep more customers, um, you know, in my business uh, instead of going to several different places. So it allows right. you to, to, to upsell, it allows you to offer a greater variety of things than you normally could. And one of the, the best things that I think another advantage is it allows you to scale a business beyond your normal capacity.
4: So, mm-hmm. for instance,
3: if, yeah, you know, we don't think of scale. You know, we, we want to grow, but sometimes you can only grow so much in the space that you have and with the people that you have and with the amount of resources you have in-house. And so you might not have the machinery to manufacture things at the speed that you need and more of the volume. And so you outsource it. Um you might not be able to, you know, like I said, have enough service providers to maybe design things for you. So you outsource it. You will, it allows you to grow your business far beyond what you could normally do, especially if you're a one-person operation. And this allows you to be a one-person operation and still have the same capacity as a major corporation. Yes. And so, and so when we look at, at, you know, our ability today because of uh, technology and outsourcing, it allows the individual, the, the person who stays at home, you don't have to have a brick-and-mortar location anymore because every aspect of your business from A to Z can really be outsourced. Um, you know, it allows an individual with a smartphone or a laptop to be able to do the exact same thing that took a major corporation, um, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, you know, a huge permanent staff, huge facility, Um, you know, lots of equipment and any individual can do the same thing now and scale it to that size and be able to make huge profits. So, you know, there are are significant advantages to outsourcing. So we shouldn't look at it as this horrible thing. You know, it's actually, I I believe essential if you're going to survive in in this fast paced global economy. Yeah. I I know
2: one person, um, Explain outsourcing as a game changer because, as you said, it does help the one-man one, one man operation. We don't like to use that term small business because if you're in business, it, it, it just doesn't never seem small to you,
4: <laughs> right?
2: But it is a game changer. Um, it allows you to – and you can even get people to answer your phone. You can get just so many services, which I think we're going to talk about. I'm so excited. Let me hold off. Go ahead. <laughs>
3: Well, that that kind of leads me to the the next point. You know, people say, okay, now I understand this outsourcing thing. Well, what types of jobs should I outsource? And, you know, really you can outsource any and every aspect of your business. Um, Clearly there are certain things that you don't necessarily want to do that you would want to outsource, like maybe cleaning um, and paperwork and data entry. You know, there was a, the type of things that you may not want to do, but then there are other things that you might not be skilled at where you'll bring somebody in, like um, marketing, especially now This they have uh, social media marketing that requires somebody to tweet, you know, maybe five, six times a day. You don't want to sit there and create tweets five or six times a day. There is somebody that will sit there and tweet for for you in your name five or six times a day, Um, you know, uh, any type of writing. You know, sometimes people don't feel confident in their writing skills, so you have somebody write your blog, you have somebody write your book, you have somebody, you know, uh, write articles for you. So, you know, that's another aspect of it. Customer service is big, especially when you're talking about 24-hour customer service. Um, you don't want to be answering the phone, dealing with customer service. So, when we look at, you know, places like JetBlue, for instance, JetBlue outsources all of its customer service. Mm. Um, they have a, a special term for it; they call it home sourcing. Instead of outsourcing, because what they do is they find uh, elderly women in Iowa, and they each have, like, the bat phone sitting in their house. And when that phone rings, they know it's somebody for customer service for JetBlue, and they answer the phone, and they handle the customer service from home.
4: Hmm. And so,
3: yeah, um, and, and we're all familiar with, you know, uh, outsourcing customer service in India, Mm-hmm. And there's a reason well, people don't understand. There's a, a reason, there were well, a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, their human resource pool is just so vast, you know, that they always have enough people available. But the other thing is that their night is our day, and so after a certain hour, you would have to pay people here overtime, or a time and a half because you're working past, you know, the regular working day or a, or a night shift differential. Where there, if the night is their day, you're paying them not only a day shift wage but also an Indian wage, which is far less than. U.S. wages. Uh, so customer service is something else. Now, interesting and, and very controversial, there are large legal firms that outsource the legal paperwork um, that gets done. And so instead of the lawyers or, or paralegals in-house doing it, they actually outsource that work, you form it out, you know, let people prepare documents, let them do you know, legal research, and then they send it back. Uh, something else that's also controversial is a lot of the major tax firms, they outsource tax preparation. And so, you know, they'll get your information, they send it out, and, you know, you have people actually preparing their taxes and getting it back to them. And a lot of that work, again, is done in India and other places like that because their night is day, and so they can um, expedite the work because, you know, you have somebody working at our nighttime. Um, I think that there are certain aspects of your business that you might want to control that you wouldn't outsource. Um, for instance, you know, I mentioned that there are people that are creating content in your name. You you might want to control that a little better. So instead of them just tweeting in your name, you might want to be able to review that, you know, first. And also there's there's certain sensitive information. Like I'm not crazy about someone outsourcing my tax preparation or, or my legal work.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and so when when you have certain, information that's very uh, sensitive to your customers, I think, you know, or that it can compromise their their, uh, personal security. I think some of those things that you probably shouldn't, uh, but it's still being done. Um, Some other things I think that you should kind of hold back on, some of your trade secrets or process secrets um, you might not necessarily want to outsource, even though, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about how to uh, protect those things somewhat on paper you don't necessarily want, if it's super sensitive, you know, to your business or super essential, and if it gets out, can destroy your business or, uh, you know, fall into the hands of of a competitor. Some of those things I think you should try to keep in-house. But everything else, like I said, um, IT, graphic design, translation. You know, I tried to translate uh, one of my my writings into uh, Spanish, um, and, you know, I took Spanish in school. It would have taken me (laughs) – I don't know, probably a year and a half to translate something that it took somebody else, you know, about a week to translate. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we want to look at all of these different areas and, and, and not think too small because there's really no task that's too small to outsource if the, the price is right, you know, mm-hmm. so it saves you time.
1: You know, I want to say this about outsourcing. It's a new terminology that at one point used to be called subcontracting yeah <laughs> you know, and it really started with having to utilize people with specific um how can I say, it, certifications that maybe you didn't have, so you had to turn it over to an engineer or get get an architect to do a particular part of that job or somebody else to do something right. that you're not um certified to do right so it's it's something it's a natural uh, business occurrence that we have to take advantage of.
2: But it's yeah, important. It's, I'm imp- but it's important to just recap that point you made, Haru, about keeping your 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 personal information. To, you know, closer to closer to you, closer to your business. You don't need to outsource your tax returns and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Because really, you you can't. You, are you going to fly to India and deal with it?
3: Right. And that's the bottom line, you know, when you, when you can't control what happens, you know, um, with it and you have no recourse. Like you said, you're not going to fly to India um, and, and you might not be able to find them anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's certain certain things that, that you want to keep close to you. Um, but just to piggyback on, on what Brother James was saying is, you know, big companies outsourced for for a long time. And, you know, one of the, one of the other reasons – was besides not having the the uh the cert- certification was the change in terms of of the way business sees employees and one thing we have to understand is that from a from a business perspective and everybody who's who's on this call is thinking about outsourcing should can think like a business person you know one of the, the problems we have is we go into business and we don't think business minded is that when you hire a permanent employee that comes with a lot of uh a lot of things like you have to you have to pay them a permanent salary you have to pay taxes for them, you have to pay in the social security you have to do all these things but most of the time you don't necessarily have work for them so they're not producing most of the time
4: mm. but
3: you're paying most of the time and so when you when businesses started thinking about that they said well wait a minute You know, we can keep a a certain skeleton crew that we need, you know, that you have certain management and you have certain positions that are are constantly in need. But then there are other positions that are really only needed on a project-by-project basis. And so, you know, you bring them in as an independent contractor. And so, you know, when you talk about subcontracting, you subcontract to an independent contractor because you don't have to pay, you know, their taxes. You don't have to pay Social Security. You don't have to pay the benefits. And you only pay them, you know, per job. And so, you know, that that concept began to spread when entrepreneurship began to grow, as technology began to change. You know, that concept began to grow and individuals realized that it only makes sense. You know, you don't want to have to manage a large pool of employees. You don't want to have to have to rent a brick and mortar place and and be monitoring people constantly. And so, you know, it started with big business and then it's trickled down to entrepreneurs who picked that up. And then, you know, all these different services, you know, realize, wow, this is the way to go. And then they sprang up as well. And so we have this whole, you know, outsourcing economy that, that, you know, the mainstream doesn't even know about. And so mm-hmm. that leads kind of really to the next thing. It's like, well, how do you, you know, most people don't know about it. How do you find these service providers for outsourcing? Good question. And, yeah, I mean, one of the old ways was a trusted referrals. And I say trusted referrals are a good start, but it should never be the finish. Because what we have to understand is that we live in a global society where you have a global talent pool of people, which means if you're limiting, you know, your, yourself to what one other person experienced, you're negating the opportunity to get somebody who could be far greater um, and a better fit and a better price point than you than this person is, and so trust referrals are always good because again you had somebody who you know who um, has used this person. But there are a whole list of different resources um, that you can go to. We we all know old Craigslist that you know that's an old standby, but even Craigslist is is very limited because it's just the scope of Craigslist is just so great. There's so, too many things on Craigslist. And so you want to begin to narrow it down to places that just cater to freelance people, to people who are willing to take on a job. And so uh, Angie's List is is phenomenal for for certain things, you know, and you can – well, it's good in a lot of ways because you get somebody to do work, but you also uh, understand the the quality of their work. And so you get to qualify them. And we'll talk about qualification, you know, a little bit in, in another minute or so. But Angie's List is great. One of my very favorites for business people is Upwork. Um, It used to be called elance.com, and now it's upwork.com. It's phenomenal. Any and every aspect of your business, you can have outsourced on Upwork. And I'm talking about from legal work to translating work to uh, people writing for you to IT work to graphic design to – um, you know, any and everything you can imagine, a virtual assistant, anything you can imagine that you would ever need to run a profitable business, you can outsource to, to uh, Upwork. And the reason I like Upwork is not only does it have a, a, a probably a longer history than most of the others, uh, you have – it really taps into the, a global pool of, of resources. And so um, it's not limited to the United States. It has people from every continent in the world as service providers, and you get to see not only the, the work that they're doing in terms of their portfolio, but also uh, how many jobs that they've gotten on there and the ratings that people have given them. So Upwork for me is like, you know, I have to give it a lot of praise. I use it all the time. Um, there's another one called uh, if you're looking for a virtual assistant, and a lot of people are looking for virtual assistants, but they don't really know that how to use one. Right. it's it's, it's very interesting. A virtual assistant is the same as a a regular assistant. Like, what would you normally have an assistant for? Um, Answering calls, returning calls to to clients, um, filing paperwork, data entry, making copies, um, any and everything you would normally use an assistant for, you get a virtual assistant. So instead Mm -hmm. of them having to sit in an office next to you, um, you communicate with them, and they can do everything remotely. So that, that's the only difference. You're just not sitting in your face, um, you know, at a desk right next to you. Um, so virtualstaffer.com is a, is a really good source, but uh, I have to tell you, they use Filipino, only Filipino virtual assistants. If you want a vast, a vaster pool of virtual assistants, then virtual.com is actually, you know, a, a source that has, uh, you know, people from, from many other places um people per com is a whole host of people that you know do commission type work uh guru.com is also so excellent and another one that's been around for a while fiverr.com which i like because um you get many things done say if you need a logo design or something like that and the prices start at five dollars and so you know these are uh and I'll go over that list again. We have Angie's list, of course we have Craig's list, Upwork, mm-hmm. Virtual Staffer, Guru, People Per Hour, Virtual, and Fiverr. Uh, that's a good list to start with, you know, for finding, you know, uh, resources to outsource your, your work to. Got it.
2: So I just want to make an announcement before we go any further that all of those links and, and resources that Haru just shared are all posted in our resource page at thekeys107network.com. So if you're trying to take notes as you are, as I am, just an obsessive note-taker, <laughs> you can put your pen down for a minute and just go to www.thekeys107network.com and click the resources tab in the upper menu. Okay, Haru, let's move on.
3: Well, okay. So, um, The next thing is, okay, I've gone on these sites. How do I determine who to choose? How do I vet these people and make a decision um, who to hire? And the number one thing I I warn people against is hiring based on price. Because, you know, I always tell people price is what you pay and value is what you get. Hmm. And so there's a difference between price and value. And when you shop for the lowest price, you don't always get – the value for your money, and so I know people have a a budget consideration right you have to you can only work within your budget, but you want to get the most for your your money so before you and and a lot of the sites by the way give you the opportunity to select a price range right so you'll you'll post a job uh, say you go on upwork and, and you'll be very clear and concise and you'll post the type of job that you you want and then you'll say okay um this is the price range i'm willing to pay and it will tell you okay that price range will give you somebody that has this much experience or you know and so you kind of have an idea of what you're getting before you even you know post it um so don't don't necessarily go on price and you know again i know price has to be a consideration for a lot of people who have a small budget but the number one thing you should look at is the person's skill Do they have the type of skill that you really need? Um, You know, recently I'm I'm revamping a lot of my uh, online presence, and and I needed some website design done, uh, but I also needed some flyers for an event I'm having. And so one of the things I looked at is I said, okay, um, some people have skills on making a flyer, but I want somebody who can not only make a flyer, but can do website design and do, you know, WordPress and do all these other things because I want them to take that same design concept and translate it online to other things too. And so you have to look at, well, who has the, the greatest ability to perform the type of skills that, that you're looking for? So, you know, looking at somebody's skill set is extremely important. Skill is good, but then you have to look at the amount of experience they have. Um, I had a meeting with a, with a young man who wants to, you know, do my social media. He wants to handle every aspect of it. And he wanted me to hire him. And, you know, we had, we sat down, we had a great meeting. That was a phenomenal meeting, actually. And I was really impressed with, you know, the way he laid things out. And I said, okay, well, show me your portfolio of work. I want to see, you know, some of your success stories. I want to see some of the best things you have. And he said, I don't have anything. I said, what do you mean you don't have anything? He said, you're my first job. <laughs> <laughs> and so... But For if you me, didn't ask him that, that,
2: he wouldn't have told you.
3: He wouldn't have told me, he wouldn't. and and just right, and I would have just looked at what appeared to be his skill set, um, and I said, well, then everything you're telling me is just theory. And he said, well, you can say that, but no, I have to say that because you haven't done anything. And so, you know, there are some jobs where I guess the experience may not be as important to you, right? Because if you can see if they they have a portfolio of work, if it's if it's graphic design and they have a portfolio, but they've never done this before. You can look at their their work and say, okay, they have the skill. The experience may not be as important in this sense. But and when you're talking about things that experience, the better, more experience you have, the better you get at it, and the more efficient you perform, then experience is important. I want to see how many people you've done a job for. And then after I see the level of experience that you have, so I know that you can handle – Um, all the bumps in the road that, that you're not, that most people don't anticipate. I want to see how well you performed in your experience. So I want to make sure I can either contact myself, some people that you've worked for, or I want to see if it's one of those sites, what ratings and comments that people put. So Mm -hmm. if it's a rating of one to five and you're, and you're an average of a three, you know, I know why you lowered your price. You're really not that good. You know, um, You know, and if I have comments, if there are comments on there and they say, well, this person was good, but, you know, the the job went way over time or the job went way over budget or it was difficult communicating with this person or, you know, whatever. You know, you have to really look at that because you want somebody to be able to execute for you not only what you want, but in the time frame that you want and you want it on budget. And so you want to look at the skill. You want to look at the experience. You want to look at their past performance. And you understand past performance not by what they say, not by what their resume says, because, you know, we rely way too much on a resume, but what on but what people have commented who have uh, hired this person before. And then we want to look at trustworthiness.
4: Mm.
3: Yeah, this is important. And, and sometimes you say, well, how do you, how do you determine trustworthiness? So I'll give you an example. I said I, I do work on Upwork. Um, Quite a bit and on occasion, I'll get a bid from somebody on Upwork and we start communicating and they say, well, why don't you, instead of going through Upwork, why don't you give me your email address so I can communicate to you directly and I'll charge you a little less and then you can, you know, we'll work that way and I always get a little nervous about that because I understand they're trying to save money because they're trying to save the commission that they have to pay Upwork, but then I'm no longer protected. See, if they're on Upwork, then, again, I can contact Upwork and I can say, hey, this person didn't perform well for me. Uh, Or I can say this person... And and, um, in this case, with Upwork, the money goes to Upwork, and then when you release the funds, Upwork releases it to them. This way I'd be paying them directly. So if I paid them maybe half up front... I might not get my work. They could hold me hostage. And so you have to really be careful when somebody wants to go outside of the normal process. I won't hire somebody outside of the process to save fifty or a hundred bucks. It's not worth it for me. And so anytime somebody suggests breaking the rules, I have to question their trustworthiness.
4: Mm hmm.
3: So, you know, again, when you're vetting, when you're these are things that people don't think of. They always think, oh, i save a dollar. Well, you might and you might not. You know, and like you said, are you going to fly to India to resolve this issue?
2: Well, and you I mean, said, because you probably <laughs> won't find them anyway.
3: <laughs> it, right. <laughs> so um, that's the vetting process. You look for the skills, you look for the experience, look for the past performance, um, definitely, you know, gauge the trustworthiness. And when you combine that, you know, um, and, again, sometimes people don't really understand how many people you get. So, for instance, I, I had to do a flyer about maybe a week ago on Upwork, and I posted a job, and within two days I had 21, 21 people trying to get the job at the price point that I had put it out there. And so sometimes it becomes difficult to say, okay, how do you narrow it down? And if you have criteria going into it, it makes it a lot easier. Um Sometimes if, you, if you're working with somebody else or you have an assistant, you know, that works for you, you can have that person vet certain criteria until it gets down, until they narrow it down to a few, a handful, maybe three or four, and then you choose from, from the best. That's a good way to do it. Um, I think, you know, once you've vetted them, I think it's, under, it's important to begin to understand the law and the potential consequences before hiring. You were going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say,
2: no, I I thought about an incident getting back to uh, vetting and trustworthiness. I was on, I don't remember which site, and I was looking for someone to do a graphic, a flyer. And the person that I I, um, saw the work, the examples of the work, um, inboxed me, through the, the portal, and said, let's talk on Skype <laughs> about <laughs> this project. So I said, well, why do you I, – I know that one of the um, parameters of – or I should say one of the agreements that you make when you sign up to this particular platform is that you don't take the work outside of the platform. You don't communicate with the right. seller Through the telephone, you don't communicate with them through email. It is only through this platform. So that's the agreement that you make that allows you to use that service. So this guy is asking me to break the agreement, first of all. Then when I get outside of the um, Skype, I I was so curious to see what this person was going to present to me. And he was just trying to get me to do like a monthly uh, package with him. (laughs) And, you know, trying to give me lower rates and just aggressively going back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I had to just shut him down because I had to realize that if I do this, I'm in breach of my agreement. Right. And this might shut me out of, you know, using this platform, which I really like. I just can't think of the name of it right now. But that's something to be careful of. Another thing I want to mention in terms of trustworthiness is sometimes the because it's, it's uh, technology, the person may put up a bunch of graphics alluding to this is my work. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you might be like wowed by the graphics and say, this is just definitely who I'm looking for. This person can do the job. And then when you engage them or even like a logo design, and this, and this has happened to me.
4: Mm.
2: And the person could not meet the criteria of the examples that, that was on their sort of bio description. It was wow. just awful. So you have to be careful of that, that because, again, that goes to
3: trustworthiness.
2: Is this really and that, your and work? The, yes,
3: but the, and that goes back to why you have to have the other, um, you know, criteria for ratings. So, you know, if you look at and, – and hopefully you put a rating for that person that, to, to warn others. And that's I why did. I say we look mm-hmm. at past performance as well um, because hopefully if other people had let you know, well, this person can't really meet the criteria. Or I doubt that these are really their drawings. Or, you know, I was really disappointed in the person's work. Then you might not have chosen that person. You Absolutely. Know? So, yeah. So it's important for us to do our part as well. When you when you use, you know, a, a person, give an accurate rating so that you know other people don't get injured by you know you not putting it up there. Um, and if the person is good, you want to you want to promote them. So. You know, we have an obligation as well when we use an, a person to, um, you know, really give them an accurate rating. That's, that's important. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the legalities.
3: Okay. Um, one of the things that, that I want to, to mention, when you hire an independent contractor, it's very important for you to understand the law as it pertains to independent contracting. And I have to share that I found this out the hard way. Um, I thought even though I had somebody sign an independent contractor's agreement, which, you know, I had, um, you know, when, when I was running a hostel, I had a business where um, I had assistants, guest assistants, I call them guest assistants working there. And I had them all sign independent contractor agreements. Um, and my idea was, okay, this way they pay their own taxes, they pay their own social security and et cetera. And I thought this was just a phenomenal thing because I thought I had it covered since they signed an independent contractor's agreement that there were automatically independent contractors until until one of them, when I let them go, um, tried to file for unemployment. And I got audited by the state labor department and they, and I said, well, this person doesn't deserve unemployment because they weren't an employee. They were an independent contractor and they broke down the criteria. They said, mm-hmm. did you create the hours or did they create their own hours? I said, well, I needed them to work a certain amount of hours, and they're not an independent contractor. You cannot dictate the hours of an independent contractor.
4: Mm. You
3: can't tell them that you have to work for a a specific amount of hours on a specific day. And I was like, okay, I didn't know that. And then I said, well, my cleaning lady was definitely an independent contractor. And he said, "Um, well, did that person use your cleaning supplies, or did they have their own cleaning supplies? I said, well, I had clean supplies there, but they came in and, well, then they're not an independent contractor either. An independent contractor has to have their own tools. They have to have their own supplies. You cannot provide the tools or the supplies. You cannot dictate their hours. And so we have to really be careful because that cost me a lot of money because they determined that they were not independent contractors but that they were actual employees. And so we have to understand, you know, Uh, You definitely want people to sign an independent contractor's agreement, but an independent contractor's agreement alone does not mean they're an independent contractor. You have to follow certain criteria uh, based on the law. So the IRS, I think you can go on irs.gov, and it will tell you the parameters that they look for in determining somebody's an independent contractor um, as well, and the paperwork that you need to to send in because you hired them as an independent contractor. Um, They expect you to, to report. Uh, if they're a U.S. citizen, the report that you hired them, you know, you have to give them 1099. So that's that's one thing that's important. Um, another thing that's important is you have to make sure that your work remains your work and not the work of the independent contractor. So part of your agreement that you have to make with them is that even though they're creating the work, all the work belongs to you and not the independent contractor. And that they can't use it for any other purpose, that every original, every copy is all yours. That's important. Sometimes we don't think of that. And then somebody, you know, they take your work and they use it someplace else. Um, Another thing that you want to have that's really important uh, especially for trade secrets and things like that, is a non-disclosure agreement. You want to make sure they sign a non-disclosure agreement so they don't share your trade secrets or your process secrets with any other customer. Um, so that's really important. Um, sometimes, if it's if it's super important for you, you don't want and you want a competitive advantage you might have them sign a non-compete agreement, which means that they won't take your work and create something similar and sell it on their own. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. um,
3: and, yeah. And sometimes, you know, those are some of the things we don't think about when we hire an independent contractor. So again, it goes back to make sure they're an independent contractor when you hire them. And and there's a difference uh, when you hire a, a firm and when you hire an individual. Any individual Normally, you would consider an independent contractor as opposed to hiring a firm of people, right? So, um, you know that's really important. And, and even in just the hiring process, you want to you want to know: am I hiring an individual or am I hiring a firm? Mm-hmm. Because it mm-hmm. definitely will make it make a difference to you. So, those are some of the things that you know uh, most people overlook. So, you want to be able to protect your stuff you want to be able to make sure nobody else is selling your stuff or using your stuff and you want to make sure you're complying with the laws so it doesn't cost you
1: later. Okay. Now, well, let I me ask. Actually...
2: We... Go ahead, James.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, w- we have to have a contract with the independent contractors, right? Um Yes. And in that contract, if it would do a simple thing, if it's an individual, can you have a non a non-compete clause in it? A non-disclosure yes. clause in it, and you don't have yeah, you to have can separate all that. You can, forms. Yes,
3: you don't yeah. need separate forms. You can, you know, it depends on how thorough you want to be, you know, with each thing. You can have a, mm-hmm. a paragraph put in that talks about non in your independent contractor's agreement. You just have right. a paragraph put in about non-disclosure, non-compete, um, you know, whatever else you want in terms of, uh, and it should be clear that you in there written clearly that you know you, you own all work that's produced by the independent contractor.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: on your behalf so yeah you definitely want to have all that in your in your contract and and you have a contract um because right. the contract lays out very specifically what the expectations are mm-hmm. um because go and, and matter of fact i got hired as an independent contractor uh before i, was, I created a, a business plan for for a company and uh, a startup and you know they decided they were having some internal struggles and so they, they decided they weren't going to go forward with the, with the project, and they didn't want to pay me what they owed me for, for doing the work. Um, but I had a very clear and concise contract, and I said, well, mm-hmm. if you don't pay me, I will sue you because my contract doesn't say whether or not you go forward with it. It says if I complete the work.
4: Mm-hmm. And so, right.
3: you know, it, it, it's very important that, you know, each side um, has very clear expectations of what's expected, what the pay mm-hmm. It's supposed to be you know when they're supposed to be paid how they're supposed to be paid all those things need to be clear Because if you go to court and you're the person hiring you will lose if you don't have the contract And if there's ambiguity if it's not perfectly clear If there is not a meeting of the minds and it's clear on paper then you lose It goes on the side of the person that gets, gets hired not you And so if, right. if it's not crystal clear exactly you know what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to do it, you know how much and all that, then you're going to be the loser.
1: Okay, I'm with that. Okay, so I think the next thing that we wanted to move into, uh, as you see, we're going straight through this evening. Uh, oh yeah, is, no commercials today. I, yeah, yeah. I thought we were going to get commercials. No, we. I,
4: I just keep waiting
2: for the right. Moment to break in and say we're going to commercial break, but each time we start a topic that's so important. But this might be the right time. Let's let's uh, let's do it. Okay. The keys 107. We'll
4: be right back. The first of our family is
0: Fluff, Presents the Alphabet, is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. But get your copy today. For more information, visit them online. www.theflufffamily.com. Now, now,
1: now, back to the Keys, 107 with your host, Rafika Ekron. Okay, we're back. Yeah, we certainly are.
2: Um, We have a bunch of callers on the line, and I just want to remind all of our callers, first, thank you for taking the time out to tune in to this very, very important topic. Um, I think it's an exciting topic, but you have to press the number one on your keypad, um, otherwise we think you're just listening, and we're very happy that you're here, but if you have a question or you want to add, especially to talk about your experience, if if you've outsourced um, because sharing your experience is what we talked about at the top of the hour in the beginning of the show, where um, word-of-mouth references sometimes um, have value. So don't forget, press the number one on your keypad. Those of you who are listening via the Internet, you can call in at 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. And we'd love to hear from you. Haru?
3: Okay, so um, the next thing I want to talk about is project-based work versus paying an hourly rate. And in general, I personally prefer project-based pay as opposed to an hourly rate. Um, I just think that when you hire an independent contractor, um, there's greater incentive for them to finish it faster when you give them a a pay based on a project as opposed to pay by the hour. Um, when you uh-huh. think about it, well, why wouldn't they just drag it out and pad the bill if you're paying them by the hour? Um, and, and matter of fact, I think you get it more than twice as fast when you give them, uh, pay them by the project because they make more money, you know, w- think about this. They make more money when they do it faster because that means they have more of their time left. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, you, when you're considering that, there are, you know, uh, you should always try to negotiate a project fee. Now the thing is you have to have a general idea of what a project should cost. And I think that's a a mistake that people run into as well. Um, Not knowing what it should cost. Um, Again, I I had to get a flyer done and I had one of my assistants, you know, I said, well, can you know, go find me, you know, please find me some uh, graphic designers to do a project. And what they were, putting out there was, I thought was way too much to get, you know, a design done because I had done design before, you know, hadn't done before. And I know what the pay scale should be. And sometimes, you know, we, we we don't, because we don't know what it should cost for something to be done. um, We put it out there for too much money, even on the bid, like, because you have a general range on some of the sites, what you're willing to pay. And of course, when you put the higher pay, you get a lot more people who want to do the job. Um, But project pay is really important, but you have to do your research. And so one of the things when you're looking at the different um, service providers, it also tells how much they got paid per job. And so you can look at similar jobs that you want, and it will give you an idea of what the range is for what people are willing to pay for that type of work and the quality of that type of work, you know, for that type of pay. hourly rate. Like I said, I, you know, sometimes you have to do it, I suppose, you know, because certain service providers just build that way. But in general, I like to stay away from that, you know, as much as possible.
1: Let me just say this from the, uh, from the aspect of the person who is, um, on the end of the, the outsourcing, you know, they should account for their time. And even though you may have been paid by the project, it's $500 to do this. How much time do I actually put in or you put in to complete the project? So if it took you 10 hours to do, you your time was valued at $50 an hour. You know? Right. So you have to, uh, that person on the other end has still has to account for hours and they should log that time. So, uh, they'll know whether a project is worthy to do to accept, or they know at the end of the day how much money they should be seeing, you know, profit-wise because time is money, and you have to value Absolutely. your time. Yeah, and, and they
3: should also do research to see what what people are what the market is bearing in that in that field as well. And so mm-hmm. sometimes it's not right because sometimes it's not so much um, how much how many hours you put in because. Like you said, at $500 and they'll get 10 hours, that's $50 an hour. Um, $50 an hour could be the demand for a person who has a, a skill that's very limited, mm-hmm. right? A, a skill that's very limited, that's in high demand, that's, that's very necessary. They might be able to double that. So they might say, I want $1,000 to get this done. And it, it really doesn't matter to the person on the other side who's paying it that you're only working 10 hours. If that thing is critical and it's going to turn into a profit for them, right? right. So, like you said, even though you know that the the is tracking their hours, they shouldn't necessarily share that, you know, with with the uh, servant with the person who's hiring them. That well, I only worked five hours on this and I got a thousand dollars, because you know, value is not nec- not always based upon the amount of, of labor in terms of hours put in but sometimes by the, the level of experience that a person has in a particular um, area. Well, so, that, it, so, you, so I have to consider that on both sides, right? I have to consider, okay, well, how valuable is this? How many people are available to do this? You know, am I getting the best person? Is this going to turn into, into a profit for
1: me, you know, down the road? I have to consider that when I'm hiring, too. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that point because I think it's very important because I've been on both sides of the fence. You know, so, you know, <laughs> right. you know, some days, well, most times now I'm outsourcing, but I used to be that guy that does be on the other end, you know, still do, right. if I, yeah. you know, if I have yeah. to, you know.
3: Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Most most business people have been on both sides of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's new to a lot of new entrepreneurs, but, you know, I've been on the other side of that because I have certain specialized skills that other people can't do until they'll hire me. And then there's skills that I don't have or don't really care to do, and I'll hire someone else. So I think it's a regular occurrence now um, with, with most entrepreneurs to be on both sides of the spectrum on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay.
1: Okay. Well, moving forward, um, I think the next thing we want to try to cover is uh, once you hire and spend time onboarding these hirees, you said, you know, it's a comment that you've made about once you've hired them. How do you spend time with them? you know well,
3: onboarding you know is a, you know a lot of people don't think about that, but a lot of times people what they do is, is they go through this whole lengthy process of you know searching for the right person and vetting the right person and making sure the contracts are in order, um, you know deciding the right pay, and then they give them the task and walk away and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that you you could ever have because you want to make sure that you're on the same page as the person you're hiring so you avoid misunderstandings that can cost you time and money. Um, I've run into that, you know, a few times. Sometimes, you know, you'll hire somebody, and in your description, when you put it out there, you say, okay, they, they should have a clear understanding. One of the things that we don't, don't get is that sometimes you're hiring people who have different social and cultural references um, language differences,
4: mm-hmm. um,
3: you know, there's so many so many variables that we take for granted th- that we would assume a person would be on the same page as you, and that's not always the case. And so, I think it it pays in the long run to spend some time, you know, walking this person through the process and, and say, you know, talk back to me. Let me let me hear what you believe that I want you to do. You know, I used to have a, a store in, in Gambia in, um, in West Africa, and my shopkeeper. First thing I I understand everything. I, anything I said, he said I understand. <laughs> and then when, the, you know, I, I guess, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to seem incompetent, or he didn't want to offend me, and things like that. But he he didn't understand half the things I was telling him because I'd have to go back, and so I learned. You know, over time, it's like okay. Make sure I want to make sure he understands. Tell me what it is that I want you to do. Oh no, no, that's not exactly it. So I would go over it and over it until he understood my expectations and there was a consistency of the understanding. You know, and so it's the same thing. Anytime you're bringing on um, a new hiree, you know that you're outsourcing to, you need to make sure, especially if it's critical work that has to be done in a timely fashion, you want to make sure. That not only are they on board with you, but if you're working with other, um, you know, uh, service providers or other people in your organization, you want to make sure everybody's on the
1: same page. Yeah. You know, one thing I want to say, you you have to even supervise them from a distance. Show me. Show me where you're at with this right now. Let me just, you know, help you along with.
3: Right. Well, that that moves actually into the next point I wanted to make is you want to maintain contact and you want to maintain control throughout the project. And so it's important that you set up regular communication throughout the process. And so when I say regular communication, then you should have milestones also, right? You don't, you don't wait until the end and then review somebody's work and say, Oh no, it's all wrong. It's not what I wanted. This should be, you should break it into different stages. And say, let me see the first stage. Let me see the second stage. And and so, for instance, uh, when I get websites done, um, oftentimes I'll have somebody from Pakistan or India, you know, doing doing the the work. And I'll say, okay, this is the concept that I'm looking for, you know. And 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 what I'll do is also show examples, right? So I'll go online and I'll say, well, these are some of the examples of of the vision that I had for my website. And they'll look at it, and then they'll say, okay, send me a mock-up, and they'll send me a mock-up design. Before there's any coding, before there's anything, they'll send me two or three mock-up designs, and I'll say, no, that's not what I'm looking for, that's what I'm looking for. And then they'll say, okay, in the mock-up design, what changes would you like to see in there? And then I'll send changes back, and I'll send that back to them. And then they'll, they'll send me another mock up and they'll say, okay, is this what you're looking for? And I'll say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Now you can start coding. And then they'll start coding and then they'll send it back to me. And then we'll go back and forth like this until the job is complete. And then, you know, I'll check, oh, the spelling is not right or change this or I, like, I don't like the size of this. And we'll go back and forth, you know, constantly. And so, and again, the reason I like to use people in India or Pakistan is because when I wake up in the morning, there's an email with work there because they're, working right. when they're sleeping you know, and so yes. I can write whatever changes and I'll send it back when I wake up in the morning, you know, it's, it's there again. And so you know, you but you want to set up controls and so, um most of the platforms that, that I had mentioned earlier make it easy for you because you can communicate right through the site. Right. And uh-huh. so it'll you know, the, the information will come to your email but it'll go actually through, you know, that, that you know, their site and so the communication becomes easy um video conferencing today is so easy you know there's no excuse um if you're hiring outside of the those sites uh video conferencing is easy so you can communicate with somebody but you do have to be mindful of the potential time differences um i know that some of the service providers in india want to do such a good job sometimes i'll write an email thinking okay they'll get it in the morning for their, their morning and they'll respond so i know it's like Two, three, four in the morning there, and you know they want to do so well that they'll, they'll you know write back. So, you know you have to have that communication and say, well, no, I'm writing to you. It's okay if you respond in the morning or you know um, just to be mindful of, of people's time too, because you want to respect their time, you know as well. Um, That's true. So, so yeah, so it, it's super super important. Um, well, you know again that you you stay on top of that.
1: Now what do you think about the fact that say that you have a brick and mortar uh, company? and you're outsourcing something to someone, and um, in your office suite you have enough room for that person to come when they need to come to do what they have to do, and that way it's there. You can help them. They can ask you questions. Whatever the case may be, you're in the same location. Uh, Does that happen often, and what kind of work do you see that happening when you're outsourcing?
3: well i don't I don't think it happens so often anymore because rents are so expensive
1: that mm-hmm. most people
3: don't have that the extra space and one of the reasons that they do outsource is because you know a lot of work can can be done virtually you know we have because we have computers you know um you know we can be looking at the same screen at the same time, and I don't really necessarily need you to be sitting you know right there um, right, right. So a lot of times it's a space a space issue more than than anything else um but but certainly. You know, it can be done with, with, you know, most projects, especially things where, uh, again, you're sharing information or you have to have direct input into the information uh, throughout the mm-hmm. day. Uh, sometimes it's just easier to have somebody sitting there. Right. Um, so it does happen, but I think it's happening less and less frequently because technology is improving, communication mm-hmm. is improving, and getting cheaper. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's what one we have to look at, too. You know, um, you know, the world changes as communication gets more efficient
1: and cheaper, Right. So that, like, let, I'm just going to use for instance, Google Docs, you right. know, where a couple of people could be utilizing the same document at the same time in different locations and see each right. other's work. And you know. editing,
3: you know, collaboratively editing things.
1: Absolutely, you know. yes.
3: Yeah. Um, matter of fact, on I think on a lot of documents and computers now you see you have a little button that says collaborate. And you can hit that and add people, you know, to all mm-hmm. your documents. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, that that's certainly a, a bonus um, because it allows that mind sharing, that, that crowdsourcing type of uh, thing where it allows you, again, not to necessarily rely simply on one independent contractor. You know, you can uh, now I can get an independent contractor in this side of the world or this side of the world or, you know, they both have good skills, but I don't know who's better and they can all collaborate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, definitely, definitely a you know, huge bonus. Uh, Because of technology, where you don't have to necessarily have people sitting, you know, right under you.
4: Okay. Okay. Good.
1: All righty. So we're getting very close to the end, but I want to make sure that we talk about the 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 things that could really go wrong, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of utilizing. Outsource individuals or companies So talk about some of the most Common mistakes people make And those mistakes that they Need to avoid
3: Well some of the You know uh, things we Kind of talked about but one of the the biggest thing I I think is overpaying Um, And when I say Overpaying sometimes we uh, We don't Realize that different Countries have different pay scales Mm Mm-hmm Right, and and so, um, you know, I have a, 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 good, a good friend of mine, is also one of my students, who has a, a a great business model, and he has a virtual assistant in Bolivia. Mm. And yeah, and he was like, you know, I pay seven dollars an hour, and I was like, seven dollars an hour? Are you kidding me? It's like you're totally ruining the the economy over there because people don't get seven dollars an hour. Not for, for being an assistant. And He's like, yeah, but she does good work, and I'm like, yeah, I get that. But one of the, one of the reasons why we outsource, obviously, is to save you know money. And of course, you know, the minimum wage here is not is, is far more than seven dollars an hour now here in New York City. Um, but that's money for high skilled labor there, and you're not cheating somebody by paying them what the rate is over there.
4: Because right.
3: if you paid them a decent wage for there, the cost of living is less. Oh. And so, you know, you, 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 you really have to be mindful of that and take your, your emotions out of it and and assume that somebody's uh, living a hardship on $7 an hour in another country where $7 an hour is what the wealthiest people make. <laughs>
4: um
3: and and just because you can afford it doesn't mean that's what you should do. So, you know, don't disrupt the economy and don't start you know a, a battle, a competition over there uh, in other countries. Um, don't overpay. Um, and and that comes again with the hourly rates and as well as with the project based rates. You have to understand what a, what a, what it costs. Um, I get websites sometimes people here in America give me a quote for fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. And I'll pay 250 to $300 to somebody in India, and that's good money there. You know, okay. that's their, you know, people are on the higher end. So, you know, that, that's a, you know, a, a major, a major mistake. Another mistake is going cheap, right? And because you're, you're trying to avoid a high cost, um, you underpay, but then you pay for it later with the quality. And so, you know, you, again, it goes back to the price and value. Um, you have to be careful when you're choosing a location as well. There are some countries that are notorious for scamming you and holding your stuff hostage. There are other countries that are notorious for stealing your intellectual property. And so you have to you know, kind of do your research a little bit um, mm-hmm. on, on certain, certain places.
1: Um, bait and switching bait and switching yeah
3: to get you you know it's like okay you know what it's going to cost you a hundred dollars more for this website if you want me to release it and then what are you going to do you know especially if you go outside of those um uh, resources that i told you if you Mm -hmm. go correct to them you have to really be be uh mindful of that
2: and also Um, in in those particular cases you can look for i know in fiverr the the seller Uh, the talent is considered the seller, they have a rating. And top ratings, I think they have like a little blue uh, medallion that that indicates they're a top seller. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: So you want to find out what their rating is um, on whatever platform you're outsourcing with.
3: Right, right, right. Um, One of of the mistakes people make is assuming that, especially if it's a firm or individual, that – that person or that team is fully prepared and doesn't require any training to do the work that you need, (laughs) you know, and that can be a problem. Um, you know, sometimes there's data entry or tedious work or some type of things, you know, certain things that you require to be done. And it doesn't mean that somebody is necessarily fully prepared to just pick it up and run with it. And so when Uh we talk about that onboarding, we talked about onboarding before, it's, it's not only making sure you're on the same page in terms of communicating what needs to be done, it's making sure that person is prepared um, and skilled and ready and has the right equipment to get done what you need to be done, too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big mistake. Um, we talked about security. That's, that's a major thing. Um, you know, data is huge. Um, hacking. You don't want somebody to work on your stuff and then, pack your stuff and leave, you know, little things on your computer where they're stealing everything. That can be major. Um, yes. Yeah. So, you know, those those are some of the you know, the the big things that you have to look out for. Um and one of the mistakes is is you know, going back to the same person instead of looking for somebody else for a different project. Sometimes you know it's a level of comfortability. It's like, oh I well I use this person that person may not be the best person for the next job, or even though they were good for that job, why not go back out and see if there's somebody who's better? Right. You
4: know, so right. sometimes
3: you just get stuck in, in that, that habit of, of using the same person. So those are, you know, really the, the, uh, some of the big things. I think one of the others, maybe no milestone pay. I, I think releasing money too soon, you know, mm-hmm. this is a big problem, right? right? So if somebody says they need all the money up front, I, I would not deal with them. Right, right. You know, um I don't even like to give people any money up front. You know, I, I like to do what I call milestone pay. So, you know, I agree to do the work, show me something, I'll release a certain amount. Show me the next stage, I'll release a certain amount, you know, when uh-huh. the job is completed, you know, I will release the, the entire uh, amount. Um a lot of times with upwork, what I usually do, I negotiate that I will pay you when when I'm satisfied with the job. You know, period. Right. You know, other than right. that, I don't I don't want to really give you anything. Um, but some jobs, I understand, require, uh, you know, money to get the job done. And so milestone pay, I think, is, is the best thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, then some, kind of,
2: some to... platforms won't release the money to the seller. know Fiverr doesn't release the money until the job, right. until the customer has signed off on the job.
3: Right.
1: Right. So. Wow. I think we covered a lot of area this evening, but one of the things I I want to say from the listeners is that you have to evaluate whether outsourcing is good for you or not. And for the most part, from what I've heard tonight and from my my personal experiences, outsourcing is extremely necessary and can be a very good experience if you follow um, all or most of what was said tonight in terms of um, evaluating whether the person has experience, whether they have the skills, um, are they trustworthy, Uh, and go into all these things so that you know that you're protected and you're going to get what you want. Never overpay. Understand the markets where these people are, uh, are working in so that you never overpay for the work that you need to get done. So outsourcing can be a means and a way for you to expand your business without actually going into greater debt. You know, so I think it's a, I think personally it's a good thing, but for you all listening out there and, uh, on the internet, you have to look and evaluate for yourself.
3: Well, one, one thing, if I can add, we didn't, we didn't talk about, cause you know, most of the things we talked about really were, were for business owners or people, entrepreneurs and things like that,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
3: outsourcing is a great thing for anybody. And, you know, one of the, the things that we have to understand is that everybody wants their time back. And when we have, when you're going to work every day, you got to prep for work. You got to go to work. You got to get home from work. You got to de-escalate, and you have all these things. You never have time for yourself to do the things that you want. And so, you know, we long for vacation to what? To get our time and do what we want. We long for retirement to get our time and do what we want. And I say, you know, don't, I always say, don't get on the deferred life enjoyment plan. Don't try to wait to enjoy life. And so, you know, I think outsourcing allows you to enjoy life You know, I tell people a story all the time About how I discovered how valuable my time was And when my wife discovered it We both decided, well We shouldn't be cleaning the house anymore You know um, And so I outsource that task You know um, uh, I I'll outsource I don't do yard work anymore I outsource getting my yard done You know, I outsource getting things sp- I used to try to fix things myself I outsource that Um <laughs> I had somebody do some painting, like painting the house. I don't paint anymore. I outsource all that stuff because, um, you know, now we have, again, so much competition out there with with certain uh, skilled and unskilled labor that Mm -hmm. the cost cost justifies you paying it to get your time back. And so, you know, uh, although, you know, our main focus was about, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, outsourcing. I think everybody really needs to consider this, that it's not just entrepreneurs. Every single person out there should start outsourcing. Uh, Mm -hmm. People outsource. You you, you do it all. Sometimes you do it and don't even realize that a babysitter is outsourcing, right? You're not taking care of your child during those hours. You're outsourcing. And so we have to look at every aspect of our life where we can, um, you know, send that out to somebody else and let them take care of that. Um, you know, one of the things we didn't mention was TaskRabbit. TaskRabbit is phenomenal. If you go to TaskRabbit.com, there are people that will do just about anything. You need somebody to pick up your cleaning. Um, you need somebody to do the laundry. You need somebody to sit out, sit home, and wait for a package for you. Um, there are people that will do that for a, a very small fee, and it's so important because time is that only resource that we can never get back. And so you have to start putting things in your budget. To get your time back so you can enjoy life Now and not be on that deferred life Enjoyment plan
1: Beautiful beautiful, Well
3: put
1: Well Well, I'm going to continue Outsourcing because it's a benefit To me and um, Thank you uh, Haru for Outlining uh, a clear vision of What outsourcing is How it works how it could Benefit us how we can manage It and um And utilizing it to its best capacity. I
2: I want to say and share that when, I don't know what show we were doing with Haru, and Haru was saying, you know, stop doing everything yourself. There is help out there. And it's just like, it's such a simple statement. But it hit me to the core because I was one of those people who didn't want to let go, didn't want to trust. I had to do it all and there's just really no time in the day for one person to do it all. You can't, you can't do graphics. You can't uh, run the business. You, you you can't write the press release, write the biography. All of these are type top heavy tasks or, or I should say, um, time consuming tasks that in one day you cannot do all of those tasks. So, things will begin to fall off the table. You'll begin to be nonproductive and then feel overwhelmed because you just yeah. can't do it yourself. So you talked about that in the show. And I think it was right after that, somehow Fiverr came to me. I don't remember how, but I've been using them and I've been using other outsourcing and it is just the easiest, easiest thing. Now it's great when you can develop a relationship and create your, your crew, your team to right. do specific things. Once they get the flow of what you need, then they can work with you. But you you got to be careful. And that's why we wanted to do this show for our listeners, because there are some pitfalls and, and you have to Trustworthiness is key. Um, being able to identify the true skills of that person presenting themselves to you. I've, I, you know, I've been tricked a few times, you know, I saw some, graphics. And I was like, wow, this person can do that for that amount of money, but they could not deliver. And it was very frustrating. And then you have them, um, Haru, I had this one young lady. And I, and again, I don't know if it was a young lady because I, I mean, they put a picture right. up there and right. you really just don't <laughs> know
4: who they are.
2: You know, you right. don't know. And, and and the language. So I'll tell you, be cautious when you when you're outsourcing, writing, uh, jobs when you need a and, bio I'm glad you written. said that
3: too because with, with that picture, some people will put a picture that they think is attractive to you so that you'll hire them. Yes. Yeah. So you have to really yes. be careful about that because you are absolutely right. I've seen that yeah. a few times too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and you don't know if you're talking <laughs> to a male or a female. And you don't. they obviously don't know, even if your picture indicates your female, say things like, sir.
4: <laughs> right.
2: You know, like, don't call me sir. But and that means and that tells me right there that they're not really paying attention to mm-hmm. who hired them. So therefore they might not be paying attention to the job requirements.
3: And they will overstate the qualifications. One of the the um questions I, I see on Upwork is um because they'll ask you how, how important is their understanding of English. And some of them will overstate their their understanding of the language. You know, some will say fluently. And then when you try to have a conversation, it's like pulling teeth because they don't understand half of what you're saying. So, yeah, right. absolutely. Those, yeah, those are a lot of, uh, you know, things that you'll come across. But you'll, as you get more experience outsourcing, you'll be able to recognize some of those things very early and be able to, you know, work around that.
2: And the the language the language barrier and this this is important because I I went through this and it was so frustrating I I outsourced the bio for a client and I I I'm, I write bios that's one of the services I provide but I don't have that kind of time anymore so I said well let me just try this and it was so bad Haru. Mm. I mean, it was really, I don't know where this person was in the world. They said that they were in, I don't remember. I I don't don't want to say anything that's not true. I just don't remember where they were, but their language. And they tried to have English nuances in their writing, but it didn't come across. It was just a horrible, horrible experience, and I can say that I didn't get upset because I didn't spend that much money, but what I did spend is my time thinking this was taken care of, so I moved on. Then I had to backtrack and, and sort of, you know, readjust the, 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 the uh, timeline and completion of that, that, that project for that client.
3: Right. Yeah, so we have to be careful. When we, when we don't choose wisely, you know, we try to save time and money, we end up spending – you know, at least more time. You know, we don't release the money, but we spend, you know, way more time than you had anticipated. You probably could have done it faster yourself by the time you get another writer to do it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I hope that this show has opened your eyes and um, help hope, helped you to sort of embrace the concept of um, outsourcing. And Haru, you hit it on the head. The reason why we outsource is so that we can free up. Our time, and what was that expression you used about people who plan for having time in the future?
3: Oh, deferred life enjoyment plan. You know, <laughs> most people are on that, right? You know, one day, you know, I'm going to enjoy life, and you know, yeah, I, I always day. say you should enjoy. Yeah, one day, you know, um, you need to start enjoying life now. You no, know, I believe in that a hundred percent.
4: Yeah.
2: So <laughs> the the deferred life enjoyment plan. I'm going to. Speak on that a little more in the future But you know as usual Haru has dropped some gems For us and we so appreciate You giving us your time uh, Listeners the next show for Haru is scheduled for March 16th and stay tuned The topic will be posted As soon as Haru presents it to us And um, all of the Resources that he talked about I think Except for um, Was it TaskRabbit
3: Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, TaskRabbit, I threw it at the end.
2: Okay, TaskRabbit.com. I'll make sure that's posted, but it's on the website in the resources area. Just go to www.thekeys107network.com and click the resource button, and you can um, access those um, websites. And Haru, if you can give out your contact information.
3: Sure. Um, I'm on Facebook at Insiders Group, Inc. And I also have a website, insidersgroup.com. You can email me at haru, H-E-R-U, at insidersgroup.com. And I just want to say I'm having a, a huge, a big major um, event in May, May 6th, called 2017 Wealth Masters Symposium. And I'm bringing in 10 speakers and a group of panelists that we're going to cover every aspect of uh, every area of wealth development. And, you know, these are, are, are not these big-name wealth gurus. They're not going to try to upsell you. You know, they're actually all doing me a favor. I dragged them away from their own projects so that they would come in um, and really talk to people nuts and bolts about what it is. Um, you know, we, we have all these new – we have – in 2016, we had um, how many million new uh, millionaires, and disproportionately our people were, are not represented. And so well, I, I brought in people who, who look like us who are top industry experts, who are really doing it, and, you know, it's, I'm really excited to have them share um, exactly what it is, what it will take. And at the end of it, you know, it's not that they'll walk away. Um, I had them agree to create a relationship with everybody, not to sell them anything, but to create a relationship with everybody that exceeds the, the event. And so I'm really excited about finally being able to do something meaningful to pull community together and, and help grow people's wealth.
1: Well, you know, uh Haru, we want to make sure that if you have a graphic promotion that you send it our way and um uh Rafik and I will um make it our business to try to be there and uh, for, not just to be there to support you, but to be there to gain as much knowledge as we can as far as our financial situation is is concerned. And um We'd like to talk to you about, uh, you know, maybe uh, being a media partner for this event. Oh, I, I would that love be that. successful.
3: As a matter of fact, I, it's it's a small world. I found out that there are some people who are going to be a part of the event who know you guys and tell me to say hi. So we um, okay. definitely want to talk to you about that. We'd love to have you guys on board, you know.
1: Absolutely. That'd be
3: fantastic. Yeah.
1: So as we conclude this uh, this uh, uh, session this, this evening, I want you to stay on the line right afterwards and we can talk more about sure. that. Okay, so we'll see you. The key is out. 107.
3: We'll be
4: right back.
0: The fluff presents the alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. <coughs> But get your copy today. For more information, visit them online www.theflufffamily.com Now,
1: now, now, back to the keys. 107 with your host, Rafika and
2: Well, you know, as most of you know, those those fluffs can be very pushy. Uh, we are on sale at Amazon.com for com for twelve ninety nine and very proud of The Fluffs, Present the Alphabet. Um, I have a new book out. It, I am a co-author with James Malincheck, Reach Your Greatness, Secrets for Success. That book is going to be available on our website very shortly. Um, in the meantime, you can go to our Keys page and look more about it. But I am Secret 66, and I am talking about one of my favorite presentations on time management. So, those of you who have taken my time management workshops before, know that I am a stickler for organizing your time. Stay tuned. We're going to be having some online webinars on that coming up soon. I am Rafika, your co-host. My co-host, Brother James, is in the chat room with uh, Haru Niket at this moment. So, they are signing off and, I guess, uh, putting the master plan together. But if you have any suggestions or any particular shows that you want to hear, Email us at the Keys, I mean, email us <laughs> at suggestions at the Keys 107 Network.com. We'll get back to you within 24 hours. Also, all of our shows are archived at the blogtalkradio.com slash slash the Keys 107. Always archived on our website, www.thekeys107network.com. Also, excuse me I thought I was getting a caller at this time that wouldn't be good but yes um, next week's show we're going to highlight or are we going to broadcast that show we couldn't get done due to the snowstorm on the Young Gentlemen's Project featuring Lonnie Gamble and that's a project that you absolutely need to hear about because this is a man who was really reaching out and helping young people learn how to become gentlemen so I'm signing off and I thank you so much for your time and I look forward to hearing your comments on our Keys page hit us up on Twitter And we're on Instagram, all at TheKeys107. Good night. Yes, you are listening to the music of Ernie J. Smith, South Africa's Pride and Joy. This is Odette's song. Thank you, Ernie.
0: You're listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James.